Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Okay, wait. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Hello, people. All right, people. Hey, it is Friday. I am your sweet, lovable host. Yeah, I am Stacy Lynn Harp. Today is Free For All Friday. And today what we're going to do, everybody, is we're going to talk about toxic relationships. Or, as some people refer to them as, one-way relationships. I know, look, I know a lot of you are like, whatever, what's Bible News Radio talking about people for, right? Well, because you are one. <laughs> and so am I. And last night was Valentine's Day. And uh, Randall and I, I'm going to share what happened last night at Valentine's Day for us. And uh, so I hope that you guys stick, stick, stick around. Yeah, I do. Okay, hold on. I'm going to share this out here. Here am I, the dan- son Stacy. The dancing man. <laughs> the yes, dancing is. man. Huh? Yeah, you did. You danced was so fun last night. Yeah, it was fun. It was, it was actually. Who would have thought that I would have had fun dancing? Right. But, well, I would think so, because you have in the past. Okay, I'm going to share this out on the Facebook it's weird. It's like Periscope doesn't seem to be showing our show to anybody, like right now. It's like completely. <laughs> I see four four people tuned in. Right? There's me and Diane. It's, wait, wait. How many people? People. It's reached 14 whole people. Please, does this tell me? No, it doesn't. That's one thing we've lost with this. What? Going to our different uh, multicast platform. Before I could see how many people were watching on each platform. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, now I can't. But hey, free is hard to beat. <laughs> well, yeah. We're just Going from $99 a month to free. Good night. That was that was also known as make my day. Go ahead. Make my day. Punk. Yeah, no. right. <laughs> Do you All feel right. lucky? I'm going to go ahead and mute that. Pull that out because nobody needs to see that. There. All right. So, you know, one thing I have not done is... What did you pull out? I pulled out the audio thingy. And the channel that it was in is turned down? What channel is it in? Usually 10? Yeah. All right, return that down, turn that down. All right, so there, is there any feedback? Okay. Hope not. Really? Really. Okay. All right, so one thing I haven't done is thank everybody for who turns tunes into the replay. I want to say thank you for tuning into the replay. <laughs> Glad you're here on the replay. Feel free if you want to share this out. I don't mind. Neither does Bareface. We neither one of us minds if you do that. So, all right. So what we're gonna do today? It's free for all Friday, which means we pretty much talk about whatever the heck we want to talk about. Unlike every other day of the week. <laughs> all right. Anyway, so so last night was uh, Valentine's. Well, yesterday was Valentine's Day, and just put a one in the chat box if you don't mind wherever you're at. Uh, if you had a great Valentine's Day, put a two if you're like, eh, 
I just kind of got through it because of whatever reason. Just curious. Like a poll of our audience to see how good it was for them. Wait. All right. And then Randall and I will share with us, share with you um, what happened. You know, how many of you have noticed my hair is looking darker on this side and lighter over here? <laughs> it's It's like my hair is like half white and half brown. It's turning colors, just like autumn. But this is my natural color. I don't dye my hair because I don't have the time, nor the desire, nor the boatloads of money it, it takes. So the question was, Melanie, who was just, just came in, was put a one if you had a great Valentine's Day. Put a two if you're like, eh, you just got through it. <laughs> put a three if you don't really care. <laughs> one, it was awesome. Two, eh. Three, you don't care. Okay, there you go. All right. I see zero responses. Kelly. Hey, Kelly, our friend in California. How you doing, buddy? You doing good, buddy? Buddy old pal. Hope you're doing good. All right. So I'm going to assume that nobody in our audience cares all that much about Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, so, don't don't put anything if you don't care I mean, at all. So so Mia put a two. Care less. Okay, so Mia and Melanie both put a two. So. So yeah, for them. Yeah, well, I kind of understand why. Yeah. Two point three for Diane. Okay. Yeah. So don't you love the hype? So last night we, yeah. Here, here's the true story. I'm just gonna tell you my experience. Usually, you know, many years ago, I would feel like, like, I expected stuff from Bareface, like. He better get me flowers and candy, take me out, make me look, I mean, whatever. I mean, I had all the typical, stereotypical mm. things. This year, I didn't care. This year, 27. <laughs> Almost 27 years yeah. later. Well, <laughs> oh, the, 20, so... the 26th Valentine's Day. It's yeah. just like. As a wife. <laughs> I've oh. gotten used to my husband who really does, he's disappointed me year <laughs> after year. And so now I expect nothing at all. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, that sounds horrible, but. But I've learned to change my expectations is all I'm saying. And and so I really didn't expect anything. And I didn't get barefaced anything because he always says, Why don't get me anything. I don't care. And I'm like, it's so awkward for me to, you know, get him stuff. So anyway, I didn't get him anything. I feel guilty for not getting him anything. But he's like, whatever. I didn't really want anything. So anyway, long story short, Randall, not only did he give me a beautiful little plant of tulips because I love tulips, uh, but he gave me... Um, he gave me these here, this stuff here, chocolate, <laughs> and also some gummy bears, which I actually posted on my Instagram thingy, because it was a bear theme. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then last night, because my dad's assisted living was having a senior prom, as they called it, um, oh. we... <laughs> there wasn't much promenading going on, but... <laughs> we went to this... It was we... senior... We, we went to this, right? And, you know, and I was like, okay, I was, I told Randall before we went, I was like, what? who was the knucklehead? I actually said this. I said, who, who was the knucklehead that thought of this, putting this on like Valentine's Day night when all the caregivers of the parents that are in there are like trying to go out on a date with their spouse, you know? Mm -hmm. But anyway, we showed up and it was um, decorated really, really nice. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, a lot of balloons. They involved. had a, yeah, they had a professional DJ there from like an actual radio station. Uh, it was K Love, mm -hmm. and um, the guy actually, which is weird. I don't know because here east of the Mississippi, all of the well, actually, it's east of the Continental Divide. All radio stations start with W. I don't know. Anyway, it was it was kind of interesting because. Um, hey, Carrie Phipps is in the house. There you go. And look hey. at that. Now we got a couple people coming in. There's Jonathan, Mama Gina, Mia, Wanda's here, cutie ladies here, and some other people. Okay. So, but anyway, so we got there. They were playing music and, you know, oldies music and some other stuff. And, and there was people dancing. And so Randall and I were like, hey, we should dance. Because mm -hmm. we, after all, just took ballroom dancing classes like last year. Yeah, so we had an opportunity year. to to dance a little bit and I stepped mm. on Randall's feet a couple times just saying only one at a time so <laughs> so each one had a I few did. minutes to recover I completely before. stepped on his feet I'll, yeah. 
but um but anyway we had fun and then randall and i went to dairy queen for dinner <laughs> and we got a hamburger because we both wanted a bacon cheeseburger but believe it or not they were out of bacon so well it's not good for you jews to eat bacon anyway so <laughs> i know i didn't care uh and it, <laughs> So we we were there with my dad, and we went ahead and we we um did a little dancing, hung out with him for a while, then told him we loved him and said later. Then Randall and I we went and got something to eat. Uh, so it was kind of cool. And but this this um thing actually um, called love, huh? Called love. <laughs> yeah. This made me think of the topic of top of toxic relationships because. <laughs> <laughs> think about this we went out we went out dancing we went we had cousin dare and we came home and then this made me think about toxic relationships yep yeah dairy queen is romantic just saying actually we we never we never go to dairy queen we were we were trying to find the closest spot because we were like hungry uh but but anyway so so anyway, I bring this up because um, a couple of weeks ago, I did a hour-long, actually it was, I think it was closer to 90 minutes long interview with uh, Angie Atkinson over on her, her YouTube channel, which has something like 73,000 subscribers on it. She's a narcissism expert, and so she asked me to come on and talk about my experience with people who are narcissistic. Um, and her one of her um, taglines is um, toxic relationship overload, right? So just because Valentine's Day is a huge trigger day for a lot of people, um, and I'm, I'm in a private Facebook group, but anyway, long story short, a lot of people in that group were kind of talking about how Valentine's Day was horrible because of their narcissistic person, whether it was a woman or a man. Um, so... I thought it would be good to talk a little bit about how you deal with toxic relationships because here's the thing. Um, you will encounter people that are toxic. And I guess just for the sake of opening the discussion here, what I want to say is, you know, a toxic relationship is a relationship that doesn't benefit you mutually. It's usually one-sided. It's usually somebody trying to control the other person. And it can be emotional abuse. It can be spiritual abuse. It can definitely be physical and sexual abuse. And it's usually done behind closed doors um, so people can't see. And you begin to see uh, the monster, who they really are, once you get inside their inner circle. Right? Now, this happens, you know, it in in many ways, it's... The, the toxic narcissistic relationship actually mirrors a domestic violence relationship um, because there's a cycle of abuse that goes on. Um, there's the love bombing stage, right? And then there's like, and, and that's, that's, the, um, that's the phase that most people get stuck in. And this is why it's really difficult to actually get out of it because when you're in the love bombing phase, you know, that's like, and this is what cults do, by the way, the Mormon church in particular um, is really well known for this. Um, and I could share some examples of that, but, but, you know, this is where we're like, Hey, we love you. And, Oh, I love you. You're so great. Blah, blah. You know, you're awesome. You know, I, Hey, come into our community. We're all family, blah, blah, etc. We love you. We love you. Love you. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be there for you through thick and thin and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, but then, so then of course, you feel loved, accepted, and charmed, right? But then what happens as you get into this relationship or system, okay? And I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk broadly as system and relationship because a lot of churches are this way, cults in particular, okay? But, you know, I really am a, a, um, a huge proponent of systems in that the the head of a system, however healthy that head is, will trickle down to the rest of the system. So just as an example, if you're in a church where the pastor is a narcissistic, crazy person, guess what? 
the the rest of that church is going to be toxic because what's going to happen is your that church is going to attract toxic people to their eldership or leadership board and or um, unhealthy people who will bow to the commander in chief or the the bully pulpit person and I'm, I'm and this is toxic this isn't a good pastor I'm just talking pastors that are toxic. Um, and then you got yes men and yes women who will do whatever it takes to please the guy up top, right? And then these people will cover the butts of what he does. And then there's people below. These people begin to abuse these people and so on and so on and so on. So you have like this pyramid of, of abuse that takes place. In family systems theory, you actually have um, the system within the family. So put a one in the chat box over there on Periscope. If you understand that in your family of systems, whatever family that you were born into, whether it was mom and dad, single parent or whatever, divorced family, that you actually played a role in that family. You had a specific role, whatever it was. Just put a one if you had a role and you know what that was. If you do, if you happen to know what your role was, go ahead, put it in. I want to see what it is. Because I know for me, um, I was raised... Uh, in a divorced home, three times over. Um, and my role in that family was to take care of my mother. That was my role. <laughs> to make everything happy. To, you know, to make everybody feel better. So is it a big shock that I became a therapist? No. Because <laughs> that's what a lot of us do, right? Um, you know, and nobody ever talks outside these walls about what's really going on. Because how dare you? If you ever expose the family secrets and the abuse, then all then then you have hell to pay, right? So, um, and and so that's that's really important to understand. First of all, if what your role in your own family is, because that role that you're playing in that family system, you will carry over into your marriage when you get married. And or if you don't get married, you end up jumping from a relationship to relationship and you're trying to figure out what the heck, how come this keeps failing on me? How come it doesn't work? You want to know, well, like, what is it, right? Well, what am I doing wrong? Why, why do you think marriages fail? Second marriages fail and third marriages fail. You know, why? Why did It's because you're playing the role over and over again until somebody breaks that pattern. And, and I'm not a big proponent, and you can get mad at me if you want, but... I'm not a big proponent of, of praying the breaking the curse thing because you can pray, uh, I break the curse in Jesus' name, but not change any behavior and nothing will ever happen, <laughs> okay? So you have to put, you know, um, you know, boots on the ground. You have to actually take the steps to change the behavior so that you change the pattern and the dysfunction within that family. And that honestly begins with dealing with your own stuff, which frankly, most people don't want to do. Okay, does that make sense? So nobody is putting what your role in the family has been. I'm really surprised you guys aren't like participating. What What's the deal, people? <laughs> Me, object of codependent. Okay, so Gina said she's the ob object of codependent. Okay, and the truth is, when you look at codependency, the truth is that we're all codependent, okay? But there can become a toxic a toxicity of codependency uh, if if you are not um, careful, okay? So that's, and that's true, okay? Um, you know, God created us to be interdependent and to, and to depend on one another. You know, nobody can get through this life up on their own. You can't do that on your own. God created us for community and stuff. So, um, so, you know, so to be dependent and even codependent in a way is fine, but when it gets to a place where it's you're codependent, then forget it. Because if, if you, okay, let me just define it this way. If you lose yourself who you are in that relationship, then you, you are what you are toxic, you are a toxic codependent and that is not good for you or anybody else. Okay. Prayer without works is dead, says Oddvar. Great point. And that you're right. Faith without works is dead. Prayer without, you know, doing something is, is dead. You know, um, it's true. It doesn't mean that God can't intervene and do something. But the truth of the matter is that, um, you know, you can, um, you won't change if you don't try to change. 
So there's that. Right. From the same epistle, James, he talks about those, you know, uh, being a hearer of the word, not a doer. Right. It's like a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. You know, because uh, when we read in the word of God, it reveals to us who we are. But he says, you know, man's like, that person is like uh, seeing their natural face. And then they walk away and forget what sort of <laughs> matter of person they are. It's like being in the word will expose to you um, who you are, you know, just not just on the surface, but inside it but if you walk away and for forget that and don't change anything about you know as a result of that encounter with the living word of god then yeah being a hearer not a doer i mean you can shake your head all day long you agree but yeah without any kind of action and response then right yeah, intellectual assent is, you know, what's that? Good point. That's why I married you, because you're so awesome. Well, thank you. You're pretty outstanding yourself. <laughs> thank you. Okay, so some Couldn't of you... could decide whether it's going to say outstanding or amazing. But... So Diane says that her role was caregiver. Okay, that's not uncommon, okay? And plus, whatever, wherever you're at in the... Um, Birth order, birth order also matters, believe it or not. Birth order will actually indicate a whole lot about who you are and what your role is. Um, I, I personally love the study of birth order because I can talk to people. Like I talk to people at Pickleball and I'll listen to them and everything. And I'll just say, you're a firstborn, aren't you? And they'll go, how did you know? And I'll go, I could tell. <laughs> I could totally tell. And they're like, well, no, I have a brother. And I'm like, but you're the only girl, right? And they're like. Yeah, I go, you're firstborn. So, you know, firstborns have, you know, anyway, bottom line is your birth order matters too. But this isn't a show about birth order, not quite. Okay, but back to the, the abuse cycle. So basically, and you're an only child. So there is a book, Diane, called The Firstborn Advantage, uh, which you might like, actually. You should check it out. Um, so basically with a narcissist though, what happens is they love bomb you just like cults do. They will flatter you. They'll, they will, um, be all over you. They will, they will try to like convince you that they love you. They'll go ahead. They'll give you gifts. They'll shower you with affection and they'll pump you up in front of everybody. They'll tell you how great you are. Blah, 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 blah. Right. They'll say things like, you know what? I'm here. I got your back. I'm here to protect you. Don't worry. You're on my team now. Don't don't ever feel like you're alone. You're part of us. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Okay, because that's that's what some of it is. And then what they do, the leaders do, the abusive people, what they do is they actually begin to isolate you and they begin to take you slowly out of uh, whatever your community is and they begin to isolate you and they make you feel even more special and they groom you really they essentially are grooming you to be their puppet ultimately and this is what cults do as well but individuals relationships especially like um <clears throat> if you get in a relationship with a um you know a toxic abuser um you'll often hear women who are victims of domestic violence say well, yeah, he, 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 he told me I can't go out with my girlfriends anymore. You know, he, he told me that so-and-so wasn't good for me, that I was all he needed. That sound familiar to anybody? Um, because that's what they do. And as a result, they begin then to gain power over you because they begin to isolate you um, socially so that you become all that they need. Because in the narcissist world, you are not actually a person. You are actually an object to that, right? Um, you are um, really an extension of that person. They don't care about who you are to them. They care about what you can do for them. And that's there's a big, huge distinction. Am I moving my hands too much? It's because I'm Jewish. Is that what you're pointing out or what? <laughs> I'm 
Italian, too. No, I'm just kidding. I'm actually French. <laughs> I'm French and Jewish. Hey, just saying, people. Anyway, is it, my hands, is this bugging anybody else but Bareface? I'll count. Not you. bugging me. Okay. <clears throat> so. I don't know why he thought it was bugging me. I don't know, because I could see the cursor on the screen. Oh, I didn't realize it was oh, over okay. there. Because you were going, okay, all right. So, so okay, so after they love bomb you, then they they kind of make you like, hey, I'm part of the team, you know, they they bring you into the community, everybody loves you, blah, blah, they got your back, etc. blah, blah, blah. Then they try to isolate you from friends and stuff. Um, and then they begin to control your activities, right, to get to the place where they are trying to make sure that everything that you do, they have, they micromanage, right? They totally micromanage everything that you do because of that. And then they begin to subtly abuse you with their words. And often it ends up becoming a backhanded compliment, you know, or an insult rather, you know, they, they guise it as, well, you know, let me just correct you right here because you need my guidance, you know, because you you can know what you really meant to say was, you did not really mean what you just said, what you meant was, and then they'll correct you and they'll actually tell you that you actually meant something completely different than what you actually said, right? And then you go ahead and you go, wait a minute, because at this point, you're like so in love like with this person per se, because they've love bombed you and stuff that you're like, oh my gosh, Maybe I should start to change. Or, you know, if I begin to speak up for myself, what will happen? So you might venture out actually and to do that. And then what happens is, bam, they attack you. And and all of a sudden, you're on the receiving end of narcissistic rage where they just flat out explode on you and everything. And then from there, you go into the devalue mode, which is kind of what you already were in. And then they ultimately begin to discard you and they'll set you aside. They'll shun you for a while. They'll put you in isolation. They'll ignore you. They will uh, do all this. And you know, it really gets me. And I, what really, what bothers me, I, I grew up with this cycle, so I totally understand it. And I see it. You know, they'll, they'll, be, they'll give you the silent treatment. How many of you have ever gotten the silent treatment and love it? Just curious. Then they lie and say they didn't do that. Exactly. And they'll project onto you. Um, they'll project their issue onto you and they won't accept personal responsibility. Okay. So, and this is, a, and you know what's really sad? This happens in companies. This happens in churches. It happens in couple relationships. And it actually happens in friendships. It really does. And a lot of people suffer in silence because they, they're like, well, how did I get in this situation? <laughs> I thought I, I thought I was healthier than this, you know, but all it takes is one crazy person in your life to suck you in. I wonder if I could, since we're like about at the bottom of the hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Talk. I wonder if I might switch gears a little bit and talk about a different sort of toxic relationship. This is toxic. Go ahead. But it isn't always unpleasant. Over on... Uh, Inc.com, Inc. Magazine's website, there's a, there's a post from a couple, couple three years ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's, uh, what the title is that? 35 signs you're in a toxic relationship. And I'm not going to go over each one. They're, they're really good stuff and there's a great checklist. Uh, maybe we can share the link afterward, but okay. But can I just finish my thing though first? Um, yes, you can. Thank you for the permission. You love <laughs> bomber, you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we are not in a toxic relationship. Just so you know, me and Bareface love each other for real. Okay, so let me just go back just to the beginning, just to kind of give you the quick cycle of abuse. So, so you have it, and then we'll look at this and actually see some of that in there, right? Because I'm pretty sure what Randall's going to read us is accu- actually ac- accurate. So you get love bombed, okay? Then you get isolated, and the control begins that way. Then they begin to abuse you or groom you for a specific purpose. You're like, wait a minute, I don't get this. And then you feel uncomfortable 
And if you speak out and you actually begin to speak your mind and go against what they say, then what happens is they get pissed off at you. They blow up at you. They project their anger on you and all that. And then they punish you because you had the nerve to say, wait, well, wait a minute. This isn't it. And you then feel like crap because they punish you. And so often what happens, because you're, you're still like enamored in this relationship, you will apologize. And then they may come around and apologize to you. And so you have the domestic violence cycle of abuse, but that's also the narcissistic toxic cycle of abuse as well. And, the only, and then what happens is once you go through that cycle, sometimes there's, um, you know, periods of calmness and stuff. And usually what happens is the narcissistic gut person who's doing that, they will start it all over. And then any, if you've ever known anybody who's been a victim of domestic violence, you've already heard the story. Oh, here's flowers. He brought me flowers today. Okay, it must be okay now. In fact, in fact there's a poem. You can look it up. He, I got flowers today, and it doesn't end well. Let's put it that way. Um, and all that. But the thing is, is it's very, very crazy making. And, and I just testify to this because when I grew up, my mom, I did not understand narcissism and toxic abuse until... Um, many years later, um, and I had to cut my mom off. And that's the only way sometimes you can actually heal in a relationship like this, because you have to like set aside them so that you can heal. Otherwise, they're just going to drive you nuts, right? So there is hope, and I want to share that. But go ahead and um, uh, share your list, Bareface. Well, uh, another side of toxic relationships is that they're not always you know, overtly abusive or unpleasant. Just like there are foods that are basically toxic. Right. <laughs> full of, you know, chemicals and stuff, but we really enjoy them and they make us feel good. And But, you know, it's not a good idea that um, we eat them. And in this great list, and I like I say, maybe we can share the, the link somehow. I can share the link on the, yeah, go ahead. On the video. Or well, not you, right now, where, but... Um, where's it at? I can put it on Facebook anyway. It's on Inc.com, I-N-C.com, like Inc. Magazine. What's it called? I'll it's called it 35 up. Signs You're in a Toxic Relationship, only the URL is 35-Signs. Okay, I'll You're find. in a toxic business relationship. Okay, I'll find it. Anyway, real good checklist to go through, but a few I want to focus on. Number 30 is lowers your high standards. Mm. Toxic relationships can cause us to slowly begin accepting what was once not acceptable. Uh, 32 cuts corners. And a 34 brings out the worst. Uh, you know, brings out the worst in us. And, and yeah, cut to me. In 1 Corinthians 15.33, in a Paul tells the Corinthian church, be not deceived, bad company ruins good morals. And this morning I was reading in Leviticus chapter 20 and 21, I think, that's where Matt, the Bible reading plan, and it talked about the, um, mainly deals with priests and what's expected of them, their sanctification, their holiness. Mm -hmm. But to extend it out, you know, we need to, we need to be careful about the associations that we have. Um, in Ephesians chapter 5, later in the chapter, it talks about a marital relationship and what that should look like. But prior to that, it deals with um, relationships in general in, in the body of Christ. That's on the Inc. website, just okay. so you know. <laughs> I just tweeted out the thing on Bible News Radio, so and I posted it on a comment on our Bible News Radio Facebook page if you want to read the article along with us, okay? Oops. Okay, well, I'm not going to read the article. I just, those, okay. Those, uh, but it's a good resource. I, I definitely recommend checking it out. Hey, Joel. Nice to see you. But uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, famous chapter, talks about marriage. Before that, it talks about relationships in general uh, within the body of Christ. And talks about walking circumspectfully or carefully. Um, but then it says, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the 
name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Right. And this whole idea, you know, addressing one another, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. When you think about what those things are, those are things that are going to encourage your faith. That's right. And help you to be a a doer of the word and not just a hearer. Right. And while the you may be in a relationship, oh, that feels great, we have we laugh and we have good times. If going back to that checklist, if if it's lowering lowering your standards, causing you to commit to cut corners and brings out the worst in you, you behave not as good when you're around that person, that can be toxic as well. Not necessarily narcissistic. But you can be in a toxic relationship that is is poisoning you, uh, affecting your spiritual walk, and the, and the person may claim to be a believer, and and but you know you and it, and it feels great, you know whatever. Oh, we have so much fun, but then you take note, you know when when you walk away from you know when you're with that person, you know take inventory. Are are you encouraged in your faith? You know, are you encouraged to be a better person? Is it bringing out the worst and you're cutting corners? You're compromising your morals and your standards when you're hanging out with that person. And I've, and I've been mm-hmm. a, among those, quote, believers, unquote, that, you know, they let this slide, they let that slide. And, it's, and it is contagious. The, the bad company does corrupt good morals. It's very true. It, it's, it's rarely the other way around where the good morals will influence the, the bad behavior. And because our, you know, our natural, <laughs> our natural state, our natural bent is sinful people. And when it's encouraged... In in a context of religiosity, you know, not even religiosity, but, you know, anyway, well, you know and, what I'm getting at. And I, I will say, too, and I've heard this in more than one circle, you know, where it's, it's talking believers in business. If, mm. if you have, um, I'd be careful saying this, if, if you have people who believe the only person they're totally accountable to is God and them alone. And there are those people like toxic pastors, as an example, Mm. they don't feel like they deserve to answer to their elder board or whatever. It's just the yes man thing. Then I would be super careful (laughs) because they seem like, okay, well, it's just an exclusive relationship, but you know what? Even the Godhead has each other. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, if the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit can't do it alone, and I'm not saying that they couldn't, but you know what I'm saying here, then we can't do it alone either. You know, I I have a, a multitude of counselors that I know I've had people say, well, well, you do it alone. Well, no, I don't. I actually have a multitude of counselors. I have very close friends that I share a lot of very personal stuff with. I tell them what's going on, and I get counsel from various people that I trust so that I know you know, how to go forth and, you know, how to deal with something. And, and, and you need that, right? And if it, so if you're in a, a toxic relationship and you can't even tell your closest advisors what is really happening, or you don't feel like you have to go to them because you think you're all that in a bag of chips because you're a narcissist, then be very careful. And watch what happens with the people around that person, right? Now I've noticed for me, um, they're... You know, I decided that I was going to fast from doing certain things that I I usually do, like watching certain content uh, or um, reading certain stuff. And I actually noticed, and Randall knows this, I mean, he knows all the details, but, um, but I actually noticed once I started putting that particular thing aside, certain things aside, all of a sudden I noticed, oh my gosh, I'm not as anxious anymore. I don't feel as like on edge anymore. (laughs) I actually feel some peace. And what that told me spiritually was that that person really wasn't good for me spiritually. So you got to guard your heart against that because if you're not guarding your heart, you know, the enemy will try to come in there and try to convince you that you need to be over here and do this. And the reality is, is you don't. A, A very wise pastor that lives with my dad actually said one of the best tests that you can do 
um, when you're trying to make a decision is, is whether or not you feel God's peace in that decision. If you're up in arms and you're anxious and you're, you're on edge and you're not, well, I don't know. And you know, but you're not feeling God's peace. Then you're probably not in God's will as a result because God's peace is very obvious. You know what I mean? Would you agree with that? I agree, and I and I love your you know analogy of the Godhead, the Trinity, you know that's one of relationship. Um, not that I can wrap my mind around it, but there is that you know there is that inter you know it's it's not a it's not a unilateral um, whatever uh, unilateral. I'm, I'm not going to say relationship because then it wouldn't be a relationship. But right. And yeah, and especially in in church leadership, there are those kinds. (laughs) And talk about James McDonald and, you know. Yeah. But, you know, where there is this sort of unaccountability and looking at the Lord himself, the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, in John chapter 15, which has a you know, whole thing about abiding in him, all yeah, that. Abiding in the branch. Right. But uh, I want to pick up in verse 12 of John chapter 15. Mr. Bible Man is on the beat today. Yeah, yeah says, he is. <laughs> this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. So here is, you know, he's in a position of, you know, ultimate leadership. I mean, this is, you know, the word become flesh, God incarnate. And he does have authority. And he says, but I don't call you servants. I call you friends because the servants don't know what their master is doing. Hey, this is what's going on. And even to the point where at the end of his earthly ministry, he says, hey, I'm, I'm suffering. I'm grieving because this is what I'm facing. Come, you know, pray for me. There was even him, you know, God in the flesh uh, expressed, you know, humility and made himself vulnerable to those who, his underlings, but he didn't call them servants. He said, I call them, call you friends because, you know, I tell you everything that's going on, basically. And so, if you've got someone that says, well, it's none of your business, basically, it's between me and God, and they're in some sort of, you know, leadership position, yeah, then I say, danger, Will Robinson. Well, and look, at, look at who their influences are, too. I mean, if Tony Robbins is one of their big influences, and, I, and mm. I'm, I don't hate Tony Robbins, but I'm just saying. He's not a spiritual leader. If Tony Robbins is your, or Grant Cardone, or in, in the business world, all these people who are all about the money and puffing yourself, if these people are, are the people that you're looking to for your guidance, just so you know, I won't be following you because those people are not godly people, just so you know. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Just saying. Anyway, so this is where I was going with that. That other that yeah. other side of toxic relationships that, that aren't scary and aren't physically threatening. They actually seem, wow, this is great, but you know, take inventory of those as well. You know, if you if your morals are compromised and you're starting to cut corners and and bring the worst in you and Okay, Joel says this, Joel says uh if i only associated with people who agree with me i wouldn't be a positive influence to others now we're not we're not saying that you can't associate with people what we're talking about is we're talking about the abusive toxic relationships that people end up in that actually impact their spiritual walk um, and all that obviously we're supposed to be in the world not of it go out there and to influence and occupy but we have to be we have to be in solid, godly relationships if we're going to be doing that. If you're doing it as a lone ranger, forget it. Mm. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I'm not saying that we go all, you know, Amish or whatever and get to holy huddle. And what do you have against Amish? I, I don't. And they're, great cheese curds, just saying. Yeah, there's many things I admire about them, but they've chosen to step away from the world, pretty much, and and... And I think they lost, use cell phones. Just saying. 
lost a great deal of witness opportunity. Yeah, we we don't need to go out of the world. Um, not that we don't have relationships with ungodly people, um, but you know the the we don't commit ourselves to them. There's you know, there's associations, I guess. There's a difference between associations and relationships. Right. And I want to, um, yeah, I should make that delineation, that distinction. Going back to the list, the 35 signs, whatever, that checklist, mm-hmm. uh, 11 is continuous disrespect. That's something. And and uh, the author, Lolly, she says that, I'm guessing it's a woman, uh, mutual respect is the first requirement of a good partnership. It's true. It doesn't mean right. agreeal. We agree, agreeal. It doesn't mean agreement. You know, on everything. Mutual respect doesn't mean I support and agree with everything you do. You know, respect is. You know, we have different opinion. We may even have different world views, but I'm not going to slam you for it and and deride you as an individual. Right. I may not like your idea, but I'll, you know, respectfully listen to it and respectfully disagree. Right. Um, and if you if there's a if there's a continuous disrespect in a relationship uh, that you know, there may not be agreement, but if you know, there's a disrespect for you as an individual in your human dignity, that's that's a problem. And if you're the one handing out disrespect, then right. Well, for a soul check, right? Exactly. So we only have like about 15 minutes or so left, and I wow. think we've talked a lot. But so mm. what I'd like to do is I'd like to find out if any of you guys actually have any questions, and maybe there's a way that Randall and I can help you uh, with that. And this is one thing also I want to let you know is I'm going to be available. Um, I'm going to be launching my coaching. This is one area I'm going to be coaching in. If you're interested in hiring me to coach you in this area, if you have issues in this particular area, uh, then just keep that in the back of your mind and get in touch with me. I actually will have a scheduling link available to give you if that's something that you'd like to do. Um, But so while you're writing your questions, and I want to say hi to Annie, because Annie not only gave us blue hearts, but Annie said, Oprah says, breathe, let go and remind yourself that this very moment is the only one you know and have, which is true, actually. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, Annie. Annie always blesses us. I think, I think Annie, you're a sweetie. You're a sweetheart. You really are. Totally appreciate you a lot. Um, but don't forget, Ariel Ministries uh, helps sponsor our show. And there's some really good stuff over there at ariel.org. You guys have the coupon code Bible News. You can use that coupon code whenever you buy anything over there. Uh, and like we always share, you can go to biblenewsradio.com and you can learn more there um, about different resources on our resource page. Okay, there's great Bible studies there, uh, stuff there. Anything you buy there helps support Bible News Radio. If you don't want to buy anything from us, but you just want to give to us, you can also do that by becoming a pillar of the community. And, you know, thank you for that. I appreciate all the donations you guys give us. It really does help. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> found out yesterday I have a $1,000 car repair I got to do on my car. So right now would be a good time to donate to help put towards that. <laughs> so you can you can uh, donate to us. That would help. And then uh, if you want to sign up uh, for Legal Shield or become a Lady of Justice, then also you can contact me directly or go to my website, contact me through there, and um, and we can set up a time where I can actually go through the Ladies of Justice information with you and get you signed up as a member and get your get your family protected, get a will made. You know, once you sign up with Legal Shield, you actually get a will made um, and protect yourself. You know, Randall and I. Um, we, um, you know, I had two friends die last week and this weekend we're going to be spending time up with Randall's dad who was, who was declining rapidly. Um, you know, and so death is all around us, um, which frankly I hate to look at, it's, it's a true story, but you know what, get a will if you don't get it done. Okay. I mean, at the very least you can use legal shield to get a will. 
Um, and then of course, identity theft protection is an option as well. It's a good one to have, especially on your phone. I love it. So, um, you know, you guys consider becoming a member of Legal Shield, And if you want to learn how to make money with it, you can also contact me about that as well. Because we have meetings. We actually have meetings uh, four times a week that the core leadership of Legal Shield are doing. I can invite you to those. You don't even have to listen to me. You can listen to somebody else talk about it. Okay. Which one what? Sorry. I don't, I don't know. Hi, hey, NB tweeters on the phone. Um, well, there's a Legal Shield app and there's an ID, ID Shield app. You can download both of them. Did I, did I, did that answer your question? Because basically Legal Shield puts a law firm in the palm of your hand right there. But I, your ID Shield app is also right there, so you get that there too. Take and use, okay, yeah. So, um, and you can download both those apps. You don't have full functionality with it though until you become a member. All right. So, and I highly encourage you to, because you know, I, I'll tell you something that happened yesterday. I was at a networking meeting in the morning. I had already signed up one of my friends there for ID Shield for her and her husband, uh, which was you know just under twenty dollars a month for both both of them. Um, she asked me to share about what I do, and I did. I had talked about Ladies of Justice and Legal Shield, and at the very end, she goes, "Oh, I should sign up for Legal Shield." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'll just sign you up." I mean, you want me to sign you up? She's like, "Yeah, yeah, let's just sign me up." And so I came home, I signed her up. Um, this is the only service that, um, you know, like for a direct selling company, you know, I'll give you an example here. In fact, on Monday. I plan on having a direct sales expert. I got my uh, got my lip stuff, and um, you know, no doubt this product, these these lipsticks here, and lip gloss and stuff, the markup on this is probably fifty percent at least, right? With Legal Shield, your membership, uh, your your monthly membership, is like so much less than an actual attorney's fees. Just, I mean, the average attorney is 250 bucks to 300 bucks an hour. You can spend, you can buy a whole year of Legal Shield and spend, I think it's like 325 bucks for the whole year. And you get unlimited consultation and a whole bunch of other stuff on top of that. So the value outweighs the cost. And they, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I actually asked somebody after I explained the service to them, I said, hey, if I was an attorney and I provided all these services to you for a month, what would the cost be? What would you, what, what would the charge be? And they said, I don't know, a couple thousand bucks a month. I go, yeah, that's the value of the membership, but you get it for $24.95. So, I mean, it's a no brainer to get it anyway. So, uh, so if that's something you want to learn more about, just get in touch with me or Randall and we can talk to you about that. Okay. Now, are there any questions here? Let's see here if the, any questions came through. Um, I Okay, so Lucy says, I have am in a group on leadership and found out it's with non-believer suggestions. Um, okay, let me see. Wait, hold on. I think I just lost something here. Well, I mean... There's nothing wrong with hanging out with non-believers. <laughs> I, I do it all the time. Um, but, you know, again, it, it depends on what, I mean, if it's a leadership group, what kind of leadership are they, are they suggesting? Are they suggesting like Grant Cardone does that you 10x everything, you never work, you know? I mean, you always work, you ignore your family, you're putting money above, above people, that type of thing. If they're, if their leadership isn't like servant leadership style and teaching you to be a servant, then I'd be very careful with how much I bring in, you know, take in. But if it's, you know, they're teaching you servant leadership and teaching you how to be a, a leader, a humble leader, not an arrogant, you know, know-it-all leader, then, I mean, you can glean from that, you know, yeah, see how it lines up with the scripture, what they teach you. Yeah, not all wisdom is, you know, has to come from a Christian source. I mean, there are things you can learn that will help you in, you know, in business or 
whatever and in, in legal situations you can get advice from an attorney who isn't a believer you know right. it's good because they're an expert in that field uh there are other sources of wisdom that you can apply but i would look personally i would look at those things as a result when you're with that group are you compromising morals you know is it bringing out the worst in you are you cutting corners is it you know are you instead you may feel like a more energized and a more of a beast of a person you know you know you know whatever yeah you are you know making strides and and you're so hot when you and, do that and pulling down you know whatever okay so but but you know look, look at your look at your moral state and and your, and your integrity and if that's being compromised through any sort of uh, relationship, then you need to, I think, distance yourselves, distance yourself or not, you know, modify the association. So Okay, so Lucy says, well, it's focused on transformation, not living in your past. Okay, so there's a couple things I would say then. What The first thing that comes to my mind when I see that is Romans 12, 2, which says not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, that would be my first question. My first question would be, how are they encouraging you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind according to God's ways? I mean, they're not Christian, but are the things they're teaching you in that transformation process in line with God's word? If they're not, I'd be like, eh, no, I don't think I'm going to apply this very well. Now, on the other hand, if they are, but they're not just saying a scripture to back it up because they say, let's say they don't know, then by all means, do it. You know, I mean, transformation isn't a bad thing unless they're trying to transform you into some type of egomaniac, you know, and, and like you stomp all over people, you know, and stuff. And it, it's like, that's, that's not good leadership. You know, it, let me give you an example. I play pickleball a lot, as you all know. By the way, I have a sponsor too for pickleball. I just haven't mentioned them. When I teach a new person how to play pickleball, the last thing I want to do is slam the crap out of the ball when I serve it to them because they're going to get super discouraged if they can't hit it. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm super good or great or anything, but I want to help transform their game by serving a light ball to them first so that they get used to the feel of the game, how to hit, how to move forward, you know, how to get up to the net, how to begin dinking, all that, right? So I'm not going to, you know, try to, you know, teach them right off that, you know, the hard things. I'm going to try to meet them at the elementary level in that game. And so, you know, as I see them advance and get stronger, I'll serve the ball harder. Or in some cases, I'll actually say, hey, do you want me to serve the ball harder? Because I can. <laughs> and some of them will say yes, and, and I do. And then they'll go, oh, no, 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 I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I'll say, okay. You know, and I'm the same way when I'm being instructed by better players than me, and there are way more of those than, you know, I'm better. Um, you know, my fr I have one friend who teaches me by, by, by serving to my left constantly. And, and I'm like, why are you doing that? And he's just like going, look where you're standing. And I'm like, okay. He's like, I'm going to serve it over here unless you move over. <laughs> Because I already know you can't get it over there when I'm serving it to you. So I'm like, ah, yeah, okay, okay. And then I move over, and then he serves it again in that spot, and I get it. So the transformation process comes through action, small little action steps. If they're not teaching you this in a way that's healthy, you know, where you're not, like, learning to step on people or abuse them in the process, then, I, you know, if they're teaching you to be abusive, I wouldn't submit to it. If they're teaching you... You know, in a good way, though, in order to be successful, then if it lines up with scripture and something that you think Jesus could hang out with you doing, then go for it. You know, I mean, if the Lord was like, hey, that was a good serve, Stace, I'd be like, yeah, thank you, Lord. <laughs> you gave me the ability to do this. Uh, but I don't want to be mean to this person over here who's just learning. You know, we're all beginners at something. That makes sense. All of a sudden, it got quiet. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Okay, wait. So let me scroll back up here. 
The Red Baron said, greetings from, from Liverpool. Okay. Okay, thanks. Okay, you're welcome. So hopefully that made sense, right? Does that make sense to everybody? Or was that helpful to anybody? Or are we just talking too fast? Mm. Oh, wow, it's already 5 o'clock. Yep. Okay. Jesus wants us to observe good business practices. Yeah, he does. He wants us to be wise, though. Wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And so, you know, um, and he will bless you, you know, in your efforts if you put in effort. But if you don't put in effort, then don't expect to be blessed. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's one thing I love. People are like, hey, you know, how come God did this for you? And I'm like, uh, maybe because I actually did something. <laughs> Just happened. All of a sudden, the bag of gold fell in front of my house, and I picked it up, and I was rich overnight. <laughs> I wish. No. Oh, uh, yeah. So, anyway, that's uh, funny. Okay, so, um, there's Pastor Rick Costa. Hey, buddy. How you doing, my friend? Nice to see you. Okay. Uh, Randall, do you, you want to talk about anything before we close the show out? Um, nothing more. No? Yeah. Well, I will, I will ask everybody to keep Randall in prayer and me in prayer. Um, Randall's dad is not doing good at all. He's, right. he's dying, which, you know, which is hard to say because nobody likes to talk about that. So um, it could be a very emotional weekend for us. Um, it could just be a, you know, a peaceful, calming weekend. Who knows yet? We don't really know. Um, but if you guys keep us both in prayer, that would be cool really appreciate it. Uh, I still, you know, I'm missing my two friends <laughs> that died last week. Um, you know, and it is just a reminder, you know, you guys that you just never know, um, when your number is up, you know, a friend of mine from pickleball told me at my friend Joe's memorial, he said, you know, we're all in God's waiting room. You know, we just don't know who's next, you know, who's coming up, you know, who's calling, you know, sometimes it can be instant, like it was with my friend Joe and other times with my friend Karen, we knew there, there was, you know, that she was going with cancer. You know, Randall's dad's got cancer. So, you know, it could be tomorrow. It could be next week. It could be a month. We don't know. You know, we don't know. And you don't know, right? You don't know when your number is up. Um, but what we do know is that if you are in Christ, then the best is yet to come. That the Lord is faithful. He loves you. He will strengthen you and he will usher you into his presence in that, in that time. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that's an awesome thing, right? And so we know as believers, we have an awesome future waiting for us. And I can't personally wait for that. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but for those who don't yet know Christ, you know, and don't have the assurance of their salvation and that eternal glory that awaits those who are in Christ, you know, I would say to you, look, you know what? God loves you. And you can learn about the real God of scripture, the one who can be your wonderful counselor, like I talked about this morning um, on here on Periscope, by opening the Bible and reading it and saying, hey, Lord, God, if you're there, hello, I'm right here. You know, I'm trying to figure out who you are. I'm going to read this book everybody keeps telling me about, the Bible. Um, reveal yourself to me. And the Bible says that if you seek him with all of your heart, you will find him. And I guarantee you, if you do that and you're sincere, God will find you. You will be found. You'll get saved. Your life will change overnight. Not even overnight. It will change like that in an instant. So that is my encouragement to anybody out there who um, may be in that situation. So be bold, okay, people? Be bold in your faith, stand up and go where God calls you to go because he loves you. Okay. So I'm not sure because of what we're going to be doing tomorrow, if we're going to do a weekends in the word this weekend. Uh, but if you're on our text message list, just watch that and we'll let you know. Okay. I guess, you know, we're going to be taking it one day at a time, I guess. So, um, so just watch our text message list. And um, we'll see you on Monday, hopefully. <laughs> That's the goal, to be back Monday at, at, at the very latest. Um, and, you know, thank you in advance for, 
for uh, your prayers and your love for us. Okay. So have a good weekend and we'll see you Monday.